We're going to read the passage in John chapter 8. This is one of seven I am statements or claims that Jesus made. Many of you are familiar with. Here's the words. Again, John 8, 12. Therefore Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Would you pray with me? Well, Father, we come humbly on this most special night, looking at words that were recorded by John probably in the late 90s AD, words that he heard Jesus preach. Jesus was probably in the court of the women. It was the Feast of Tabernacles. The candelabra were leaping. The flames would light everywhere in Israel, in Jerusalem especially. And there Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I am the glory cloud that was with Israel in their sojourn. And I'm here to be the answer to life's deepest questions. Lord, we know that we wrestle with darkness in this world. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of light. The kingdom of Satan is the kingdom of darkness. But thank you for those that have trusted in you that they've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And I pray that those who don't know you yet, or maybe those who have walked away, would come home tonight and find that you are the true light of the world. I pray that in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I went back and revisited a story recently of the Chilean miners. I think it was 2010. Uh, they were trapped underneath the ground about a half a mile down beneath the earth's surface. And uh, there had been ground that had given way. The cave walls gave way. And a project began to try to rescue 33 miners. I think the oldest miner down there was in his mid-60s. There were ones with high blood pressure, diabetes, and they, like I think anybody in that situation, were longing to be rescued. And they were in a place in, in, in the earth or in the earth's core that they said it was averaging 95 degrees Fahrenheit and 95% humidity. So the conditions were not good. They were on the first night, apparently, some of the 33 stole the emergency food supply and ate it for themselves. Can you imagine the drama and the tension of relationships that might be going down, <laughs> a half mile down underneath the earth as people stole the food and now they had to ration a couple of cookies and ration water? They would be down there uh, underneath the surface of the earth for 69 days. I don't know if you can imagine what that had to be like with very little light, with high tension and drama, with very little food, with very tough conditions. And the one hope that you had was that someone above the ground was going to find a way to drill down to you without destroying the whole cave and rescue you. And your hopes were really put in loved ones who loved you enough to take the time to go on a rescue mission to save you. There they were in darkness. There they were 
running out of the basic necessities for life and hoping that some light would flood from above to rescue them. Well, if you follow the story, uh, they brought equipment seemingly from all over the world. They bore down through rock in different strata and finally on the 69th day reached the miners. They uh, put together uh, something that looked like a little rocket. It was a, a tube for individual people to sit in while they hoisted them back to the earth's surface. And of course, you could understand the joy of each one as they exited that, you know, what looked like a rocket ship and greeted their family. Uh, no greater joy than that, I think, had they ever experienced. Well, that illustration is kind of the situation that mankind is in even tonight. We find ourselves in darkness. We find ourselves in a situation where the darkness is so uh, heavy and terrible that we need a rescue. We need someone to care enough about us and have the means to reach down and rescue us. And in fact, that's what happened 2,000 years ago. God saw our plight. He saw that we were trapped in sin, literally under sin, as the book of Romans says. And he went on a rescue mission. And if I can put it this way, he bore a hole down into the earth, came to rescue us and save us. And he's the only one that can. This is the claim that he makes, if you take a look with me, in John chapter 8, verse 12, as he spoke. He said, I am the light of the world. This is the claim. This is one of the seven I am statements. Jesus didn't say, I am a light, or one of many way showers, or people who illumine the way to God. He said, I am the light of the world. That is a radical claim, and the Bible does say that God in his very nature is light. In fact, in the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God, in God, there, the Bible says in 1 John, there is no darkness at all. He is light, and he illumines my darkness. And that's what he does for each one that will come to him. In these I am statements, Jesus makes a claim, and then he says, okay, here's what you need to do in response to the claim. I am the light of the world, what should we do? Look at verse 12. He who follows me. There is a claim, a truth claim about Jesus, but then a call to you and to me. We're called to follow him. I am the light of the world, but I want you to now follow me. And if you've read the New Testament before, you know many times Jesus said to different people, Matthew the tax collector, other people that he came across along the way, he would say to those people, follow me, follow me. And you know, there were many people along the journey of that three to three and a half years that had excuses why they couldn't follow. And those excuses have been repeated and regurgitated throughout the last two millennia. I don't have time. i got to go take care of this first. I have other things to do. Today, it's, you know, we get caught up in technology or busyness or we got to work on the weekend or there's weekend sports or my phone is the first thing that I go to when I wake up. 
And all of a sudden, we find ourselves almost hearing the call from the Lord, I am the light of the world, follow me, but I'm not sure that we're ready. Or I'm not sure that we're always ready to fully follow him. But this is the claim. He says, I'm the light of the world, he who follows me, she who follows me. Can I just pause here? Are you? Are you following him? You know, for some of us tonight, we don't even know what that looks like. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, Jesus tells us, if we follow him, end of verse 12, we will never, this is emphatic in the Greek, we will never walk in darkness. We will have the light of life. Now, how many of you would honestly say you're afraid of the dark? Confession's good for the soul. Go ahead and raise up your hand. Okay. We're going to turn all the lights off right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Darkness is a weird thing. And, and for those who um, are spelunkers or cave explorers, sometimes they could describe darkness so thick that you can't even see your hand in front of your face. When the Bible talks about darkness, it's talking about spiritual realities. It's saying that if you don't know Jesus, you're actually in the darkness of sin. And sin is spiritual darkness. And the wages of sin is death. Jesus comes and shines the light. He says, I am the light of the world. He who who follows me shall never, NIV, walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Some of you will recall that Jesus said this right after the story of the woman who was caught in sin. And I won't get into detail here, but I think most of you know the story. She was put before Jesus, and they said, the law says she should be stoned. What do you say? Now, we know that they were trying to trap Jesus, but Jesus knew what they were up to. He began to write in the ground. Some people think he was writing all the sins of the people accusing the woman. And that would be quite interesting. And then he said these famous words, He who is without sin cast, what? The first stone at her. And from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped the rocks, they left. And Jesus said to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers? And she said, There are none, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And right after that, John records Jesus' statement, I'm the light of the world. Can you see the connection? What he saves us from is the consequences of our own sin. You know, before I came to know Jesus, I would have to describe at least a good portion of my life as spiritual darkness. I was doing all those things without God in the equation. I was trying to satisfy my flesh and my desires. But I found, and maybe this would resonate with some of you, I found some very dark places in that world. In fact, people who go to bars and people who try to pull, you know, crimes and that kind of thing, do it in the darkness. And Jesus says they won't come to the light lest their deeds be exposed. But God so loved the world, he knew what he was getting when he came on that rescue mission to come down. He so loved the world, he's the light of the world, that he gave his son. Jesus is the light that brings salvation to our darkness. 
but you must open the door to that light. You must say, Lord, I'm going to turn from going my way, the path of darkness, and I'm going to turn and follow your light. The psalmist says, Lord, you are the one that illumines my darkness. Look at John 12, flip a few pages to the right. Look at John 12, verse 35. John 12, 35. Jesus gives a sense of urgency about responding when he says, for a little while longer, 1235, the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, in order that you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he departed and hid himself from them. Jesus says something key in John 12, 36. He says, you must believe in the light. Well, what, what does he mean? Does he mean we have to believe that light is shiny or that it exists? No. Remember, earlier he claimed to be the light of the world. He says, I am that light. Now you need to believe it. Now you need to receive it. Now you need to walk in the light as I am in the light. And you'll have fellowship with me and one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, will keep cleansing you from all sin. Sin is spiritual darkness. You know, this is not popular in modern preaching, but I have to say it. Jesus described eternal judgment as outer darkness. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment, think about the story I talked about with the uh, Chilean miners in Chile. Under the ground, with just the lights of their helmets, hoping to be rescued. Imagine if you could for a moment that condition, but it never ends. Imagine that a light never comes. Imagine that you're just trapped in that situation forever, in the darkness with others in the same situation. That's a scary thought. And, and I know it's not a pretty manger scene to mention that, but I'll tell you this. Jesus came to rescue us from the darkness of judgment. His light comes to shine into those places where we might want to hide. Or we might want to say, I'm not ready, or I don't want to open that door. And Jesus says, no, you need to do it now while the light is here. One of the plagues that God um, brought upon Egypt was a plague of darkness. It was the ninth of uh, ten plagues. The Bible says it was a darkness that people could feel. People didn't even want to move. But in the camp of Israel, in a place called Goshen, the light of God was there. And there was a distinction made between the people of God and the people of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world. There was light for the people of God. There was darkness on the people of Egypt. And they were afraid. And that light led Israel out of Egypt, remember? With a strong and powerful hand, the death angel flew over, if you will. The Passover happened and God led them out. And God's light was a cloud that led them by night and a cloud by day. And Israel followed that light. And wherever it went, the, the Bible says in the book of Numbers, whenever the cloud settled, they would stay put. And whenever the cloud moved, they would move with the cloud. 
They didn't move unless the cloud moved, and if the cloud stayed, they stayed. This is what it means to follow Jesus. It means to say, here I am, Lord. I want to walk in your light. Wherever you lead me, wherever you want me to go, wherever that cloud goes, that's where I want to go. The Bible says in John 1.14 that we beheld his glory. The glory is the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, and he came to tabernacle among us. He is the cloud, the light, and he still shines. The question is, will we follow him? Many are saying, Psalm 4.6, who will show us any good? Here's a prayer. Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord. Would you turn to John chapter 1 for a moment? John 1, as we we're wrapping up. John chapter 1. When John introduces the truth of the word of God coming into the world, he says of Jesus, in him was life, John 1, 4, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which coming into the world, that's Jesus, enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his, his own, Israel, did not receive him. But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. The claim, I am the light of the world. The call, follow me. The result, you won't be in darkness, you'll have the light of life. Now the light of life from John 8, 12 is the opposite of death. Light is the opposite of darkness. If you decide to trust in who Jesus says he is and follow him, the Bible says from the lips of Jesus you will have the light of life. What does that mean? It means you'll have the light of salvation. It means that God's light will be in you. Isn't that an amazing thing? Some of you uh, have seen those candles and they have the mesh around them. Mom, you just gave one to Brenda. And inside, the, often a dark mesh is a lit candle. And it begins to shine through that mesh. And when you open your heart to Jesus, that light floods your darkness. And he begins to shine through you. And he begins to chisel away at the different layers of selfishness and pride and all that stuff that's there. And the more he chisels away, the more the light goes, ah. Amen? The African Children's Choir uh, came to our town several years ago. And we had uh, three boys from the choir stay at our home, and this was when my boys were a lot younger. And, you know, they, they sing and dance, so it's pretty cool. And they call everybody auntie or uncle. You're automatically, their, you're auntie or uncle to them. So I would drive them to the store while we had them, and we'd go to get, you know, some ice cream or something, and I would park the car, and they would say, 
oh, thank you, Pastor Michael, and may God richly bless you for taking us to this place to get ice cream. And I would look in the back seat and I would say to my boys, did you hear that? <laughs> Everywhere I drive these boys, they thank me and they shower God's blessings upon me. And then they were in the back seat and they began singing. He is my light. He is your light. He is my light. He is your light. Come on, Pastor Michael. And, and they were only like 8, 9, 10 years old. And do you know that they have come from a background in their home country where many of them, if not all of them, have lost one or both of their parents to AIDS. Their parents, in many cases, are gone, dead. And they sing in the back seat, He is my light. He is your light. How can they do that? Because they have the light of Jesus. He's the light of the world. And when you come to know him, the Bible says you were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Some of you remember the uh, death of Prince, uh, what, in the last year or two? And we, we have uh, some of the, the famous uh, entertainers of our age, they'll say, the entertainer formerly known as, and then they'll have the name. Well, the Bible says that once you come to Jesus, you were formerly darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. He is my light. And following him now for three decades, it's been amazing the places that he's taken me into many dark places. I would, I would have been overwhelmed and devastated at the prospects of any one of many things that you're called to do as a pastor unless I knew that his light was there. And his light shines in the darkness. And if you're a Christian tonight, he kind of wants you to take that helmet light down into the caves of the world and shine for him. Can you see it on people's faces this time of year? Especially if you're in aisle 19 tonight <laughs> at a store. <laughs> what am I going to do now? What if you just started singing, he is my light, he is your light. <laughs> He'd go, get away from me, you freak. <laughs> yeah. But do you know? He is. And the one requirement he has for you and me tonight is believe. Believe that I came. Trust me. Follow me. And you'll never walk in darkness again. Some of you grew up in the church, and so you haven't seen darkness maybe as close up as some others, but I would venture to say, if I ask for a line of you to come up tonight and begin to tell your stories of people who have truly tasted darkness, seen it face to face, I think you have a more appreciation for the light. Do you think that those miners who came out of that cave 
after 69 days, appreciated the light a little bit more, I'd say, do you think that they hugged their family a little bit tighter? Do you, do you think that they were grateful for the technology that drilled down and saved them? Oh, yeah. See, sometimes it takes for us to be rescued from a place where we're on the verge of dying in the darkness to realize how precious the light is. The light is incredibly special. I'll close with this story. My son tells it of a, I think a worship leader told a story. There was a woman in church and uh, music was playing and she was a bit over the top, some people might say, in her worship. She was singing out to God and praising him and dancing. And the people seated behind her were a little troubled and they were like, she needs to chill out and calm down a little. This is church after all. And they went to the pastor with a concern because she kept doing it. She kept being so expressive and so demonstrative about her love for God and she couldn't hold it in. And then the pastor told that couple who had been longtime members of the church, yesterday she came out of a life of prostitution. She's come to the light of Christ. And she may not know everything that you know about worship and how we should act in a church building or how we shouldn't. But one thing that she knows is she's been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And she's found a God who loves her and will forgive her and says, my light will come into your darkness. I would venture to say with a room like this tonight that some of you have been on the verge of darkness. Some of you may find yourself there tonight. And you've come into this place, and maybe for you it's been a long time since you've been to church. And you, you may have even been wondering, is there any light? Is the world just a dark place that is going to go on until the light is shut off by some disaster? No, the Bible says actually that God is going to close the last page of the book and open it to a new day. And the light of Christ is coming. He's going to come again. There will be a second advent. And he says, I want you to trust me. Until I get there, occupy until I come. Do you know him? Are you in the light tonight? Would you describe your heart as a place where God's light resides? Do you know what spiritual light looks like man it there's nothing like it i'm going to ask you to join me in a word of prayer and if you've not met the light of the world can i tell you that he wants you to know him and he's got one request tonight follow me and you will never walk in darkness you'll have the light of life would you please listen one more time Follow me. Those are not my words. That's what he said. He said, and if you do, you'll be in the light. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for each precious person, family, uh, this wonderful church body of believers, this incredible night, so many songs over the last 
couple thousand years written about this night when light entered into our darkness. When the people, as Isaiah describes it, who dwelt in darkness saw a great light. Father, it's our prayer, it's my prayer, and I know it's your desire that anyone here who does not know that light would turn to you and be saved. Right now can be your moment to turn from darkness to light, from the kingdom of Satan to God, to find forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in Christ. Keep your head and heart bowed, and it's just something like this. Lord Jesus, pray it if it's you. I believe you are the light of the world. You said, if I follow you, I won't walk in darkness anymore. I'll have the light of life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming on that rescue mission. Thank you for coming down into the place of darkness to be that light. Pray it if it's you. I put my faith and trust in you. I turn from my darkness and the darkness of sin and Satan and death. And I ask that you'd give me the light of salvation, the light of life. Give me that free gift in Jesus. I believe that you died on that cross 2,000 years ago for me. I believe that you defeated the darkness of sin and death by rising from the dead. And I put my trust in you and you alone for my salvation. You keep your head and heart bowed. Maybe you've been in church before. Maybe you made a profession of faith, but you've walked away and you find yourself in a dark place. His light can shine on you again. Something very simple. Just say, Lord, I want to come home. I'm tired of the darkness. I'm tired of life without you. I don't want to walk this way anymore. I open my heart again to your light. Please shine on me and make me new. And Father, for this precious congregation, may you bless them. May you keep them. May your wonderful face and your brilliant light shine upon them. And may you give them shalom, give them peace.